Unlock me! Unlock me! I'm not gonna swear, okay? You know what I'm saying? Um, no. It's Mark Grody on 670 The Score. Oh, hi, Mark. Ah, hello! Hi! All right, I'm starting the show. We're just jumping right in here before I do all the propas. There's a new Allen Robinson tweet from about 8 o'clock this morning, thereabouts. And he is subtweeting a video package from the NFL Network, which reads, this is from the NFL Network, sit back and enjoy Allen Robinson's most insane catches of 2020. You won't regret it. And Robinson on his headline where he subtweet tweets, he just puts three exclamation points in the in the heading. Or as my Saturday suckage partner, Steve Rosenblum, would say, bang, bang, bang. Or I guess Stacey King would say that. Bang, bang, bang. But that's what that's what's going on here. And and they are quite spectacular. Like Alan Robinson's catches, like the spectacular rate on on his catches are probably higher than even some of his number one wide receiver brethren. And it's because of how he uses his height and his strength, as opposed to some of the guys who just use their speed. It doesn't necessarily make him better than those guys, but we have all seen Allen Robinson make improbable catches. So yeah, if you want to see some of the the great stuff that Allen Robinson has done this year, go to Allen Robinson on Twitter. I'm all I'm always open to seeing new tweets from uh, A Rob because it's coming. We're getting close to the 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 day of reckoning, free agency and franchise tags. It's all coming soon to a Hallis Hall near you. It is. It is great to have you guys here with me today. I am here. I'm Mark Rohde. I am here until noon today on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. And so far, so far, I'm having one of those mornings where the coffee tastes so good and it's hitting me so perfectly that I don't want breakfast or I haven't had breakfast, which might be a mistake because between now and noon... There's really not going to be a chance for me to make a proper breakfast. I'll be able to nibble during the short commercial breaks that we have, but that's about it. So this may have been, we, we will see as the show goes on, this this could end up being a strategic error. But you know what I'm talking about, like that first cup of coffee in the morning. Like it, it To me, it's the first few sips, like it hits your brain correctly i don't know which part the pleasure center of one's brain and that's what's happened the second cup is working perfectly in that regard as well so i hope that you are having your sunday morning coffee and you're listening to me here on the score because i promise you i have got a lot of things that i want to talk about between now and noon today and if you would like to join me i'm solo man so if you want to call Feel free, 312-644-6767. Sean Anderson is back in our downtown Chicago studios. I would have probably joined him in the downtown Chicago studios today, but I'm smart because I actually went out last night to a, now that the restaurants are 50% capacity in Chicago, I went to a nice restaurant last night for a birthday, and it was the most packed of a restaurant that I've been to. Like, it was sort of jarring. I mean, it was not like they did anything legal or anything like that, but it was weird to be in an establishment where it was like, it was popping, and it was cool, 
but it was a little bit unnerving too. So I have decided to do Sean Anderson a favor and anybody who's back in our score studios and stay home on my couch and do it a yeah bears do a <laughs> do a semi quarantine. But Shawnee is back in the studio. So if you do want to call and be on the show, three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven is the number. That is also the text line if you'd like to text me. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven is the way to do it. Um, I'm on social media, just like you probably are as well. You can find me on Twitter, at Mark Grody Sports. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. Follow me on Instagram. I've been playing on Instagram a lot. I haven't put up a video yet today because I don't feel like I look great. So um, there's no new videos up, but there's stuff. You can get to know me on Instagram a little bit, possibly. Uh, Jarrett Payton will join me on the show today. Jarrett Payton, the son of the greatest bear of all time, Walter Payton, will be on the score with me at 10 o'clock this morning. He, of course, does television these days for WGN-TV, part of the GN Sports Show, does great work over there. Great dude. I miss JP. Love talking to him, and he gives great insight as well. So we will talk about the Bears and maybe other stuff. We'll see what's on uh, Jared Payton's mind as far as the Chicago sports scene is concerned. Again, that'll be at 10 o'clock this morning. I figured out, so it's been Kyle Long week on the score. I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but uh, Kyle Long has been on separate shows in back-to-back days here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score because Kyle Long likes the score and he likes the people on the score. He was on with Parkins and Spiegel. Today is Sunday. So that was Friday that he was on with those guys. And he was also on with Zach Zabin yesterday. And I listened closely to both interviews and there was a common theme that occurred that started on, that started with Parkins and Spiegel. But those guys didn't figure it out. I think Zach did. And I'm going to do a little CSI Kyle Long, something I think I figured out about Kyle Long. And we're going to dissect it. We're going to play the tape. We're going to let you make the call. No, I'm going to make the call. I, I, I have a proclamation, and you can tell me if you agree with me, something I figured out about Kyle Long. And then a revelation that, that Kyle Long made as well. So a couple of interesting things that came out of the Kyle Long segments that maybe maybe you're not. No, it has nothing to do. He didn't really say anything new about whether, you know, he didn't have any real info on if the Bears are going to do something splashy, but he's like everybody else. He is hopeful. So there was nothing new journalistically or sources-wise, but I did. I think I figured out some personal things about Kyle Long that I want to see if you guys agree with me on. So I got a lot cooking. You know, I'll just read my book. I'm going to get into the Bears here in about 60 seconds. So I, I scribble stuff down just to kind of give, give an idea of some of the topics that I might discuss. So I'm just going to read what I have on the board so you may have an idea of what's coming up on this show. So I wrote at the top, Alan Robinson tweet, and then I put bang, 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 three exclamation points. I wrote down the Illini. I wrote Blackhawks odd moment. Okay. All right, Mark. Let's do that at some point in time. Who are the Bulls? I wrote that down. I wrote Cubs player and Sox player to be reckoned with. Okay. Jose Canseco tweets. Oh, yeah. He seemed to do some drunk tweeting this week. Um, Kyle Long, I told you about that. Oh, Jake Arrieta starts today. So those are just some of the things that I've written on the Mark Grody big board today between now and noon. And you. And Shawnee, if anybody uh, decides that they would like to call, I will be checking my text messages periodically, and uh, we will put them on the radio. All right. I think the the closest thing right now that Bears fans can – because I know that people are tuning in these days – 
the first thing you want to know is, okay, what's the latest? What's what's new with Russell Wilson and or Deshaun Watson or just whomever the Bears quarterback might be this year? The thing that we're clinging to right now that I suppose I am is something that Brad Biggs that you could actually read in the, the Sunday Chicago Tribune. And I'll just read the graph that that Biggsy wrote, and I think it's semi-hopeful. And Steve Rosenblum and I talked a little bit about this yesterday, but I want to reopen it. And this is what Biggsy writes in the Tribune, because it's the closest thing to hope that exists right now. And this is a a fluid situation, so something could pop between now and noon. But Biggs writes, the thinking among multiple sources is the Bears have prioritized making a run at Seattle Seahawks quarterback Russell Wilson. His agent included the team on a list of four clubs Wilson would approve a trade to, although it hasn't yet reached the point where he is uh, he's asked out, as in asked out of Seattle. Two of the other three teams on Wilson's probably can be ruled out on his list. Um, the New Orleans Saints are mired in salary cap hell, and the Dallas Cowboys are expected to keep Dak Prescott. The fourth is the Las Vegas Raiders, and they showed strong public support for Derek Carr. So, yeah, I think, I guess the key line of hope, and I think maybe you got stuck on this and then didn't hear another word that I said, the thinking among multiple sources that the Bears have prioritized making a run at Seattle Seahawks quarterback Russell Wilson, which means that, at this point, at this moment, 9.09 on a Sunday morning, whatever date it is, um, Russell Wilson is a more likely candidate than Deshaun Watson. Like, whatever vibes they have attempted to receive or get or inquire about in Houston, Texas, has has not come back strong. And, and maybe Texas, or excuse me, Houston is serious when they say that they're not trading Deshaun Watson. And that's always kind of been a non-starter anyway. I don't think there's ever been hope, but the hope was given to Bears fans based on the fact that the agent for Russell Wilson came out and put the Bears on the list. And now here's Big Z, one of the most locked-in guys on the beat, saying that, yeah, of course the Bears are prioritizing this and calls are being made and who knows what could happen. The Bears would have to give up the max. There's no doubt about it because Seattle doesn't have to do a damn thing at this point. They just, you know, and it would be dumb of them probably Probably to do it to begin with, let alone not ask for the absolute maximum, whatever you can get out of first round picks, three to four, and then we'll take your Roquan Smith, your Khalil Mack, your Akeem Hicks, and whomever else, whoever else they're hot for, um, the Bears would have to to give give up. Um, let me take you backstage a little bit. Let, let's there, There's a bigger part to all of this coming soon, other than some of the obvious names. Let me take you backstage a little bit on the process of asking questions during press conferences. Um, I've been part of press conferences for every team in this town dozens of, of times over. I've been a you know general assignment reporter, sports-wise, covering the Cubs, Sox, Bulls, Bears, Blackhawks, and been in and out of clubhouses galore, dressing rooms, you name it. Um, your guy, Mark Grody, that's me. I've done it. I've been there. Um, sometimes you ask a question to which you know the, the likely answer, but you ask it anyway to see how they answer it. See, maybe there's a slight chance they'll answer it differently. Maybe they'll give something up, that kind of thing. So here's an example of that with a question that I asked to Matt Nagy. 
Hi, man. It's obviously a, a very unique situation where two franchise quarterbacks might be available in Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson. How surprised are you about that news, which has ruled the NFL this offseason? And do you allow yourself to think about the possibility of them if you're thinking about all of the possibilities with this team? Yeah, obviously, I can't get into any of that because those guys are, you know, all these players are under contracts. And so it's just to me, I have no idea. Uh, we we have to, from our end, we have to look at it like the guys that that we know their contracts are up, and that's what we do. And so we just stick to that plan, and that's not something that I can even get into. Yeah, nice try, Mark. Didn't work out. You didn't pose it correctly because I, I should have been a little bit more generalized in the question because I just wanted to hear him. I just wanted the obviously these guys got to be surprised about the fact that two potential franchise quarterbacks are available and that's what I was going for. No, I was not trying to get Matt Nagy to tamper. I just wanted to hear glowing things about and surprise about these guys being available. But that was the right answer from Matt Nagy. One should probably not have expected anymore. But if the reporter had worded things a little bit better, maybe there would have been a better answer elicited. But this is what I want to bring you to. Sometimes you ask a question, not expecting to get the answer you did, and it's a great answer. Like this one with Ryan Pace, which will be the basis of a bunch of stuff today. Hey, Ryan. Um, you, you've taken some big swings in the past on things, whether it was Khalil Mack or even you know moving up to take Mitchell Trubisky. Do you anticipate making a big swing on something in this offseason? It just, it just depends, Mark. It depends on the opportunity. You know, It's not like we go into it and say, hey, we're going to take a big swing just to make headlines and make a splash. It depends on what's presented to us. You know, and you know, they're, they're, it, it could go a, di- a different number of different ways. I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean that we go into this draft, for example, there's a lot, lot of evaluation that needs to take place. I mean, uh, trading up might not be the best option. It could be staying put. It could be going back. And I think it just depends on the different, the, the different um, targets that are there, the different options that are there. And what I appreciate is this is with Josh Lucas and Champ Kelly, Mark Sadowski, Jeff King, Joey Lane, leaning on those guys and the ability. And I think this offseason more than, than any because of the number of players that are going to be available. We're going to see a lot of guys – hit the market the coming weeks. And I really think as a staff, we got to be able to pivot and adjust along the way uh, to some things that we might not expect. And I think that comes down to the number of players that we've evaluated and just being ready for every scenario. And there's a lot of hard work that's going on behind the scenes to allow us to maneuver uh, through a really uh, unprecedented offseason. Yeah, man, that I thought that that I accidentally asked a good question there. He gave, gave a, a really good answer on that because it's coming, man. And I, what I'm trying to figure out about that, and it, if you didn't get the gist of it, yeah, it's salary cap restrictions. There are in this year and still related to the pandemic, there are probably going to be players cut on teams that would not normally have been cut as in there could be a lot of valuable players available. There's always surprise cuts in every NFL offseason. It always occurs. I mean, you kind of had one, well, it wasn't a cut. It was a request release by J.J. Watt. That was the biggie so far. But And I don't know. I don't have a list of the names. I haven't dissected or gone into the minutia of every single roster because that would be a really difficult task. But all of a sudden, yeah, you're going to see names offensively, defensively, 
maybe some quarterbacks that are going to be available. And it's it, and this is part of why, like they haven't, the Bears haven't locked up Allen Robinson for a couple of reasons. I think that's part of it. That's in the well. I mean, if you want to go back, it it goes back to just the two sides dueling, and we don't know the specifics of it. But it sounds like the Robinson camp came too high and the the Bears side wasn't willing to budge off of it. But if you want to go back to that, however, now you have this scenario where the free agent frenzy is coming and the Bears don't know with with the Russell Wilson possibility and it's probably not going to happen. You got to make that the priority. And unfortunately for Allen Robinson, because he's great and we all know he's great, He's got to take a back seat in this situation because there are other things that have to be taken care of. And then whatever is left over, if it's possible to get a two or three year, well, three year deal done for Allen Robinson, then they do it. Otherwise, he's stuck with the franchise tag. And, uh, you know, I don't like that for any player, but Ryan Pace is right. It exists for a reason. It's a tool that should be used by teams until that tool does not exist. It would be stupid if NFL teams not to use it. But the Bears have something up their sleeves. And I think it's something of a tell there. I took the question because Hub and I kind of been on this. We've been kind of simpatico on this issue, but I hadn't asked him about it. So I took the question to Hub Arkish about this issue. Hub, Brian Pace made a point of talking about the upcoming free agent frenzy that will occur because lots of teams are going to be cutting players that maybe they would not normally have because of some of the salary cap restraints. What does that mean in the Bears world? Does that mean the Bears will have some surprise cuts or will there be some surprise signings by the Bears out of that so-called frenzy? You know, Mark, it's interesting because I kind of thought we know that we get very little that we can you know, make much out of from Ryan. Uh, but I thought that may have been the most revealing thing that he said in that whole 20-minute visit. Uh, it's true, we know that, but the fact that he's focused on it is interesting. And I got the sense that he was referring more to the guys who were going to be available because okay. he was talking about how his guys are prepared and, and, and they're ready to pivot and things like that. I, I think they already have a pretty good handle on their, their cap plan, on, on who could be cap cuts, who's going to get restructured, uh, et cetera. So I think he was referring to the, the, the amount of talent that's going to be out there. And the other half of that, guys, that makes this so interesting, and, and, and this is why Allen Robinson remains unsigned. I, I don't believe for a minute. Uh, A-Rob has been frank all along that he wants to stay in Chicago. He hasn't backed off of that. He has opened up the door to considering other possibilities because this has become disappointing. Um, but he wants to be in Chicago. And, and, and I think Pace and Nagy are, are being genuine when they say they really want him. He's too valuable. You know, beyond being a number one receiver, what he brings to the locker room as a leader. Um, but this market is, is going to be so fascinating because not only are there going to be a bunch of guys cut who you wouldn't expect to be cut and be available, but because of the limited cap space that every team is working with, they're not going to get the mega deals that we're used to seeing in recent years. There'll be a few of them. You know, there, there's a handful of teams that that still have more than 40 or 50 million in cap space, but it's literally five or six teams. Uh, there's only 11 teams in the league right now that have 20 million dollars or more of cap space. Half the league is either at or over the cap. And so while teams will maneuver and they will create space by cutting guys, I think what Ryan's thinking is a lot of teams are going to cut 
some of their stars because there's going to be other stars that they can sign for less money. And that's one of the ways that these teams are going to be maneuvering their caps. So I think there, there'll be a surprise or two with the Bears. But you cannot, everybody's talking about Akeem Hicks and Kyle Fuller because those are the two biggest cap savings. If you cut Kyle Fuller, that's $11 million right off the cap clean. It's $10.5 million on Akeem Hicks. And they are both free agents at the end of 2021. They're also two of the five best players on your team, two of the five best players at their position in the league, and you have to replace them if you want to contend. That also is what plays into all this quarterback trading stuff. Is That's great if you're going to give up all these players and all these picks to get the quarterback, but then you're going to stink just like the Texans did at 4-12 and last year with Watson because you don't have anything around them. So, you know, Ryan Pace is looking at the bigger picture here, and I think what he's thinking is that when, when, he, when he goes to address offensive tackle, which he knows he has to address, when he finds another starting safety, um, and when he looks at acquiring assets to try and maneuver for a quarterback, because you're not going to get your quarterback in free agency, I think that's what he's referring to when he talks about all this other talent that's going to be on the market. You could end up without an Akeem Hicks. But but maybe you replace him with a Grady Jarrett, you know, I mean, uh, for less money. And so I think that's what he was referring to. That's Hub Arkish on the score yesterday with me, Mark Rohde, and Steve Rosenblum. And, yeah, Hub and I kind of the same thing, but I wanted you to hear it from Hub, who, who always puts things in really plain English when it comes to the Bears, and he's being very frank about it. Here's the thing. Here's where I differ from Hub. And that, and that I'd be willing to take a hit for next season if I'm the Bears. As in when I say take a hit, I mean not be as good. Maybe be, maybe be less than eight today. Maybe be seven and nine. Maybe you'd be a six-win team if you are to get that quarterback. If you are to get a Russell Wilson, a Deshaun Watson, maybe even a Derek Carr. If you are to get somebody who can make a difference, and I will ask you, the Bears fan, this question too, because that's the fact. If the Bears are to get one of these quarterbacks, they are going to have to give up a lot, a lot of their future and probably some of their present as well, assuming other teams would want to take on, like as Hub mentioned, Hicks and Fuller become free agents. Do teams want to take that on? And I'm sure there are teams that probably would. Uh, but I guess we're just talking about two teams at this point, Houston and Seattle. You, the Bears fan, uh, would you be willing to kind of suffer through a, a bad season but have the quarterback? And we all know how quickly teams can rebuild in the NFL, especially if you have, let's just say, Russell Wilson, that the Bears could rebound from a bad season right away. And who knows? Maybe they get lucky and have a good season, even with losses to the team. And I think I'm at the point where I would say, yeah, concede a season if that's what it takes. Man, like, it's funny when we talk about this because we all know the Bears haven't had a quarterback forever, ever, ever, or, like, really, ever. So maybe it's okay to trade first-round picks and current players. Oh, and a year of your existence. <laughs> like, it's a deal with the devil. It really is. Players, draft picks, and a year. Would you be willing to do that, or would that just be too much? Could you? Could you? Are you unable to handle a four to five win? See, I just keep going down, don't I? I started at seven to nine. I went to six. Now I'm at four to five wins. But you know what I'm talking about. Are you willing, Bears fans, to concede a year of your Bears life. 312-644-6767 is the number because that's what it might take. I mean, there 
the think about it. You own the gold. You ain't giving it up for a discount to anybody. So this is what the Bears are dealing with right now. If they truly want one of the the elite quarterbacks, um, I'll let you hear from one more voice other than mine. Um, and on the on the free agent frenzy, and guy by the name of Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus, was on with Lawrence Holmes, his local show. Lawrence rocking the CBS radio right before me today. But Lawrence had on uh, Brad Spielberger, and I was listening very closely to what he was saying about the upcoming. It, and, and we're just we've started it here, the free agent frenzy. Yeah, it's going to be a frenzy, no question. So. The top, the top guys are still going to get theirs. You know, those, those top free agents are always going to have a bunch of suitors and be able to pit them against each other and get a good deal. What's going to be very interesting, and we've already seen it start, is that all these guys that are getting cut, you know, like a guy like a Kyle Van Noy, had a good season last year. He's still a very productive player. And, and frankly, if you're entering free agency and you say, okay, we could sign this mid-tier free agent, you know, for example, a kind of outside linebacker, maybe a guy, um, well, now I'm blanking. But, you know, you could either go that route or you could just sign a recent cut. And I think that's going to be interesting because there's going to be a flooded market of good veteran talent that you can acquire without even dipping into the free agent pool. So it's going to be, I agree with you, the player movement is going to be like we've, we haven't seen in, in many years. Brad Spielberger, pro football focus on the Lawrence Holmes show. So he, he lines up with us as well. Um, a couple of text messages marked from the 630. Mark, of course we would give up a year of our Bears' lives. We already give up every year of our lives because the Bears suck. You know, that's the thing. Like, the Bears have actually not sucked in the last three years. They have been painfully 8-8 eight and eight the last two years, and they had a wonderfully entertaining season in 2018 until it wasn't exactly entertaining. Um, so they haven't sucked, but they still haven't had the quarterback, so they can't get to the next next level. Um, from the 773, I would lose Hicks and Fuller plus picks for Wilson because with a good QB, you certainly not win just seven games. No, it's possible that just even with, I mean, look at last year, Deshaun Watson. What did Houston win last year? Six games? Was it even that? Um, you know, he's considered a top five elite quarterback in the NFL right now. It's a good debate. Who's better, Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson? And Houston was not good because they have a bad roster. I don't know, like, if the Bears would have a bad roster if, say, you had to lose Akeem Hicks and Kyle Fuller. But, yeah, you can't, even with a great quarterback, you need a little, little bit more help. But I think that my, my thing is, is if you were bad next year, it's the NFL, man. You can turn it around quickly, and it certainly makes things uh, advanced when you actually have that that elite quarterback. Um, let's see. Using a baseball analogy, it's from the two two four. Um, for the Bears draft, do the Bears just have to get on base, or do you have to swing for the fences? Yeah, um, yeah. You you do want to. I think in this case, the Bears are at that point where they have to swing for the fences. That's why. That there are so many names, like quarterback names, the rank and file names, the list of, of free agent quarterbacks, which on previous shows I have read. I won't do it again today, don't worry. Um, that it that most of the names just don't make sense. They don't they don't get anybody excited because we've seen these quarterbacks, you know, Nick Foles and Mitchell Trubisky, and you know, to a, a different extent, Chase Daniel, um, and 
I'm not, I'm also not going to play the quarterback history game with the Bears. I'm tempted, but I'm not going to do it. So right now, yeah, there's a, they, they have to take the big swing. And as when I asked my question to Ryan Pace, that's one thing Pace has never been afraid to do is to take the big swing. And sometimes he connects like with Khalil Mack. All right, coming up at 10 o'clock, more Bears with Jared Payton. If you want to call and talk Bears right now and whether or not you'd be willing to concede a season to get the elite quarterback, 312-644-6767. Also some college basketball talk around the corner as well. I'm Mark Grody, here with you until noon on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Mark Grody back with you on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. I'm here with you until noon today, and I just got some great news from our producer, Sean Anderson. I was like, who's on after me? The Arkishes. Yeah. Hub, Arkish, Arthur, Arkish. Ladies and gentlemen, the Arkishes coming up noon to four. I love it, man. It's a local blitz today here on the score. So I'm doing a lot of bears. Those guys, I love listening to the Arkishes. They're great. They really are. Like, hub, man. Information, opinionated. And Arthur, man. I miss seeing Arthur, too. The dude is great. Another rising star. The Arkish dynasty at noon today on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score. I got a call here we're going to get to. In a second, as we call them on the, the Rosenblum and Grody show, breaking phone calls. But um, I actually enjoy, this text is probably too long, but there were parts of it that actually made me laugh. From the 708, the best thing about Mark, that's me, is when he politely tells you that you are wrong. I don't think that trading big defensive pieces will make them automatically bad. Um it breaks off here. Most playoff teams had top offenses and middle-of-the-road defenses. Chicago deserves a QB in the mold of Russ, Rodgers, etc. They got a swing, and he got a swing big. And then here, here's the best part of the, the tweet from the 708. And thank you, 708-er. Uh, quote, he says, he quotes me, here's the thing. They didn't suck last year. And then the texture writes, is cat dad for bleep off your wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes i ha- i have the reputation it's not really a reputation it is truth single man living in chicago with cat come get me ladies 312-644-6767 this is carrie on the northwest side hi carrie you're on the score thanks for taking my call mark um sure. as far as a as far as an elite quarterback an elite quarterback does not guarantee you you're even going to the Super Bowl. In the last 12 years, only one quarterback drafted has won a Super Bowl. On Tampa Bay, they didn't win the Super Bowl because of Tom Brady. They won the Super Bowl because of their offensive and defensive line dominance. I, I would much rather have the Bears go the Jim Fink's route, put all your money in offensive line and defensive line, and that makes everybody else better. Football is a game that starts with the – starts with the offensive line and ends with the defensive line. Kerry, thanks for the call, man. I certainly appreciate it. And when you say Jim Finks, you are speaking my language. I do speak Jim, Jim Finks, and I'm sure a big part of our audience does not. He was one of the architects of the 85, the 80s Bears, let's just say. And that was the theory. Go get a bunch of offensive linemen, get a bunch of defensive linemen. Yeah, and that was the running back era. And you had the best of all time in Walter Payton. So, while you are speaking my language, things have, have changed, and the way the NFL is now, now you're right, 
Tampa Bay's defense was amazing. But I also don't think you you don't. You don't win the Super Bowl if you don't have a Tom Brady caliber quarterback in that locker room. And although Tom Brady wasn't MVP great, he was still good to great in in that year, right? I mean, he's still a guy that if you had a chance, you sign him to a two-year deal. So I like the language you're speaking. I really do, Kerry. Don't get me wrong. But um, and no, a quarterback does not. I mean, I, I said it. Like, are you willing to concede a season to get the elite quarterback? So I understand it, it guarantees you nothing, but it puts you in a great chance and a great scenario to win and to win every year and to be a franchise where players want to play, man. Like, that's the thing, too. Like, other players, offense and defense, they don't mind all that shine. Like, think about how much players love Tom Brady and love being on the, the Tom Brady team, no matter what position they play, because they're because everybody's life becomes easier and everybody makes more money. Everybody benefits from having a top quarterback on their team. Like, every position benefits. Everybody gets paid. Um, everybody wins. Everybody, the attention goes to the quarterback for the good and the bad. Like it's like it's one of those times where yeah, there's some jealousy because the, the the ridiculous money they make, but not a lot of resentment towards top tier quarterbacks. Everybody's figured it out. Every position has figured it out. If there is a elite quarterback on our team, that's the money maker in in every way, shape, or form. Um, from the three one zero, I agree with Kerry one hundred percent. I I think there will come a day again, like everything goes round in circles in the NFL. It will come a day again, and and you see it from time to time. We saw it with the way the San Francisco 49ers, the way they got to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago with running the football and playing with defense. It was fun to see Tampa Bay do what they did, largely, you know, a lot of with having a dominant defense. Like I think that's fun football too. But it's just, it's not all that exists now. And if the Bears could, you know, if they were able to draft Mike Singletary's and Dan Hamptons and Wilbur Marshalls and, and all of them boys and the Mark Bortzes of the worlds and the Jay Hilgenbergs and our guy Tom Thayer, um, you know, th- then good. God bless them. But that was a, a moment in time um, which doesn't exist at this very moment. But I don't hate it. I d- definitely don't hate what you're saying. See, I do. The The texture was right from the 708. I tell people they're wrong in a really nice way. Um, all right, let's hear one more cut. This is another cut from uh, Brad Spielberger in regards to where things are with Allen Robinson. Because, again, like I said, unfortunately, Allen Robinson is in a scenario where he's got to wait his turn. The Bears are waiting on this free agent frenzy. They're waiting to figure out what the quarterback situation is. And then they'll either tag or sign Allen Robinson. Here's what Brad Spielberger believes Allen Robinson is worth. So they have to go ahead and make that decision on the franchise tag by March 9th. Um, so that's the end of the, the franchise tag window. Um, so, yeah, so, so they're kind of, you know, they have a deadline there. Um, but they would, if they do go ahead and tag him and have that $18 million stamped on the books and are still trying to be aggressive in acquiring a quarterback or, or other players, they then would have to go ahead and, you know, cut some guys like a Jimmy Graham, like a Bobby Massey. They would have to go ahead and restructure guys like maybe Khalil Mack, um, but definitely Eddie Jackson. Uh, and then and then also maybe potentially extend a Kyle Fuller, uh, extend an Akeem Hicks. So they would have to go ahead and make all of their moves internally um, if they're going to put that franchise tag down and try to get a quarterback. 
It seems like it's a, it's a lot of work. From what you've seen from a production standpoint, what type of contract looks right to you for Allen Robinson on an extension? At this point, I think $20 million per year is a floor. Um, you know, he's a really good player. I know that there's been rumors that they tried to use kind of volume stats against him in negotiations, which, of course, when you have those quarterbacks throwing to you in, in an anemic offense is not a good picture of who the guy really is. I think he believes that if he was on a team with the Russell Wilson, he would have had, you know, 1,500 yards and 12 touchdowns. So he puts himself in that class, and I think it's fair for him to do so. Um, so, yeah, I mean, a four-year, $80 million for me, if I was the representation, that's the floor for me. Um, that's the lowest I would probably take um, with about $50 million of that guaranteed. Um, no, he, he deserves number one wide receiver money. Yep, that is uh, Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus, on the Lawrence Holmes show the, the other day. So, yeah, he is – Allen Robinson – is an elite wide receiver, and I don't disagree with anything that, that Brad Spielberger is saying right there. Uh, from the 920, Mark, what's your gut feeling on who the QB in Chicago will be this upcoming season? When I answered that question last week, it was it was um, Nick Foles that I think it would come back down to him. Now I don't know, I, and I hate that answer, and I think maybe part of it comes from an area of hope, but something is stirring, and they... They're obviously looking into the possibility of Russell Wilson. But if it's not Russell Wilson, and it probably won't be Russell Wilson, although I don't rule that out, I think it's pretty clear at this point from reading between the lines from the press conference that it will be more than Nick Foles. And I don't know what that means if they do try to pry Derek Carr. Um, you know, Teddy Bridgewater was a guy that was on my radar. I don't know how much better, like I've kind of soured on him a little bit, but I, is it okay if I answer that question by saying it won't be Nick Foles? I got to think about that more because I just think there is a, there's a stir and it, all of us on the beat, we are all forced to read between the lines, talk to people, but so much is hidden right now. And there's very little real information out there. So I'm going to go not Nick Foles, and that means that there will be an upgrade at quarterback. 312-644-6767. Bob in LaGrange. Hi, Bob. You're on the score. Hi, Mark. How you doing? I'm well, Bob. How are you? I'm good. Mark, uh, getting to the two quarterbacks, uh, I think Wilson is 32, and I uh, I would not go that way. Uh, and I'm Watson, it's fabulous, but I don't think he's gonna. they're going to let him go. Can we go back to the 2017 draft for a second? Sure, Bob. Okay. I'm going to talk about how many teams passed on Mahomes. Kansas City traded up from 26, and they gave a first and a third for Mahomes. So if the NFL draft in 2017 was today, how would it look? Knowing what they know now, you would have Mahomes going first. Cleveland did not have their quarterback uh, the uh, 49ers did not have their quarterback. They'd have Watson going second. So basically, 26 teams blew the quarterback decision in 2017. <laughs> okay. You don't agree with that? No, no, no. I thought you had more, Bob. No, no. You're, you're. Hey, I, I've always said that. Like, I, I get the bombardment of Ryan Pace that year, but I always say there were many GMs who didn't know how good either Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes was going to be. And 
there's and Bob, thanks for the call. There's no doubt that Mitchell Trubisky, according to many scouts, was a hot shot quarterback. Many thought was the best in that draft. It is it a screw up when you look back? A hundred percent. But I mean, I, I don't. I think many. I don't. I don't remember a lot of people saying. I think Chris Sims was the one who said that Patrick Mahomes was going to be elite and basically what he is at this point. But he was always seemed like a wild card to people. Deshaun Watson, no, not a wild card. Um, that's the one they missed on more, I think, than Patrick Mahomes. But it's not like Mitchell Trubisky, at least at the moment, felt like any kind of a risk. That was not an outside-of-the-box draft other than moving up to the second pick. So I always say that, and I usually get crushed for the, the light defense, but I think that that's what was going on there with Bob. And, Bob, thank you very much for the call. I have to take a break. More coming up here on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Grody Show on a Sunday morning here with you until noon. On The Score, 312-644-6767 is the number we've been talking about. Bears, and are you willing to concede a season as and have a bad year if it means giving a lot up to get that elite quarterback, to get Russell Wilson, or maybe... Deshaun Watson or, you know, third and third by a lot, Derek Carr. But are you willing to do that? Because that's what it might take. But you can rebuild your team back quickly in a year in the NFL. And it sure helps having that elite quarterback. Coming up at 10 o'clock this morning, I am going to have on Jarrett Payton of WGN Sports on the TV side to talk about the Bears and whatever else might be on his mind because Peyton can cover it all. That's what he does over at WGN-TV. And he's my only guest today. I was like, do I want to have guests? You know what? I don't know that I've ever had Jared Peyton on as a guest, and I love the guy. So I'm going to have him on. Other than that, I just, like, I just want to talk to you guys out there in the in the score audience, 312-644-6767. And I got a ton on my mind, and it does go beyond Bears. We're going to have, well, there is a sort of Bears topic, and it's a CSA Kyle Long topic. Um, we're going to go in deep and investigate something about Kyle Long that I heard. I don't know if you heard it, but I certainly heard it. Um, and also something on the Bulls, and specifically, who are the Bulls at this point? Are they a playoff team? Does it matter? Does Arturis Karnaschovas care? No, I don't think he does. I don't think he cares whether or not the, the Bulls go to the playoffs this year. We'll get into that a little bit more deeply. And I had a blast watching the Illini game yesterday. I will share my thoughts on that. And Loyola, too, man. All of a sudden, we have two rich college basketball teams in the state of Illinois after, for some years, actually getting shut out or having, and God bless the directional schools, like having to you know, deal with some of those those teams being the ones that carried the state. And look, I went to one. I went to Illinois State. But it's more fun when, like, teams in the city, like Loyola or, God forbid, DePaul. Um, hello, DePaul. Anybody in there? Um, or Illinois, it's it's the excitement is jacked up. So I'm on board. We'll talk about those issues later. But Jared Payton at 10 o'clock. Right now, oh, let's go to... Jordan in Vernon Hills. Hi, Jordan. Thanks for waiting. You're on the score. Hey, how's it going? I'm well. How are you, Jordan? Um, oh, um, I'm hanging in there. I went to ISU too, by the way. Good um, man. Probably graduated in 1995. Um, wow. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. I, I I feel like um, if they roll the same team out there with Foles and they go eight and eight, 
I feel like Pace and Nagy are both gone no matter what. So I feel like if they get a, like someone like Watson or Wilson and they even go 6-10, and 10, I feel like that buys them time. Um, I, I don't see that. Because uh, I think if Chicago actually has a quarterback, uh, the fans will be willing to forgive. <laughs> but if yeah. uh, if they if they play that same movie again, yeah, I just feel like yeah those guys are gone. Yeah, for sure. So I, I, I feel like, yeah. So no, I'm with you, man. And thank you for the call. Go ISU Redbirds. Always like hearing from a fellow Redbird. Um, yeah, I think that you're spot on with that. That it and Ryan Pace knows that too. They know that. I know that. What makes you think I don't know that? They know that, that they have to get this right. And that's why I don't think Nick Foles will be the the starting quarterback. Now, if it does occur that Nick Foles is the starting quarterback, because it's still a possibility, I, um, I do think he'll be better. I mean, I don't think that like Nick Foles has had bad years in his career, but he ain't that bad. You know, I went back and watched a, a bunch of the Nick Foles games, and there was something of a correlation with a beat-up offensive line in his case. And you know, before Rashad Coward was benched, like there, there was, you know, you could watch and see Rashad Coward not tending to his assignments properly, and Nick Foles being affected by it. Now, the problem, though, with Nick Foles is, like, some of that wasn't his fault. There's no doubt about it. I think it took, and ironically, it took Matt Nagy and Nick Foles a little while to get on the same page, or whoever was calling the plays, just because, I mean, we know this. We know that. Um, And it's ironic because it seemed like those two guys, from having worked together before, should have been, like, on the same page and understanding each other's thoughts and all that kind of stuff, but they really weren't. So I think that was part of the problem with Nick Foles. Like, even though it was the offensive line in some cases that he, he couldn't manage. We are again in an era where quarterbacks have to be able to use their feet or those are the ones that are considered the good ones. It's no like the, the Andrew Luck type of, or the, although he, he can move a little bit, but you know what I mean? The stationary quarterback, the days of that guy that stands back there in the pocket and just flings the ball and has all the time of the day, like Tom Brady, <laughs> like he's a dying breed. Like those don't exist anymore. And, um, and, and that's when, when you see Tom Brady vulnerable, like he's not great at managing bad offensive line play either. There are other quarterbacks who are better at managing that. And and Nick Foles, um, and I don't know that anybody should have necessarily expected him to, he was not good at managing the offensive line that he had. Now, there were some moments where he just missed guys, too. Like, famously, the, the, the stop-and-go route by Darnell Mooney. I think it was against the, it was against the Rams, right? Where he is wide open and... Foles is backed up in his own end zone, and then he just straight up missed him. And that could have turned that game. That probably would have been a touchdown um, if the play was made. And, of course, Darnell Mooney, being the good rookie he is, said that he's got to be better. So he's got he's to be able to, to get that football that was thrown over his head. So that was the only – like, there were definitely – like, there are many guilty moments for Nick Foles. He looked helpless out there. But 
he's also only 32 years old. I don't think he's all of a sudden gone from, what, about a six on the quarterback scale to what he looked like last year, and that was a two. I don't think that that's him, and I do think that in his case, you know, the full training camp, a full offseason, you know, or a second, let's just say a second offseason, because this offseason might be a lot like last year's offseason still. Um, probably will be, quite honestly. I don't know there's going to be preseason games. But just being around the guys more, voicing, you know, getting on the same page, if that is the case, where it's full. At the at the very least, Nick Foles is going to be the backup quarterback on this team. The shocker of all shockers would be is is if Mitchell Trubisky is back, and that's, that's just not going to happen, even though the door was left slightly ajar for that to occur. All right, quick break. When we come back, I'm bringing in Jared Payton of WGN-TV to talk more Bears. I'm Mark Grody at Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score.